Welcome to a life-transforming experience with the Word of God from Bishop Napoleon Asian. Napoleon Asian is the son of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the head of the LCI Mission in Cape Town, South Africa. With about 20 years experience in ministry, Bishop Napoleon Asian has been actively involved with the work of God in Ghana, UK, and now a missionary in South Africa. He stands with his father in the ministry, teaching and emphasizing his word with extraordinary grace and faith. Join us now as he delivers the word of God under the anointing. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody hallelujah. Is God fighting for us? I said is God fighting for us? Put your hands together and give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow, what a blessing. We thank God for the opportunity we have to be in his presence. Amen. Please be seated in heavenly places. The room feels a bit darker. Oh, it's me. All right. Tell the person sitting by you God is fighting for you. And tell another person I am happy God is fighting for me. Tell the person the enemy will be defeated. Because of who is on your side. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. We thank God for another opportunity to be in his presence and I believe that this morning you came to church with an offering. And I want you to be guided. Don't just give, be guided by the word of God to do his will. Hallelujah. Okay, so we want to turn our Bibles to the book of Chronicles. Some of us we only have the New Testament. So you are going to have to look on the stage for it. Second Chronicles. Are you in Second Chronicles? Okay. Let's read from chapter one, Second Chronicles, chapter one. Is it in your Bible? Okay. The Bible says, and I read it, and Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom, and the Lord his God was with him. And magnify him exceedingly. Hallelujah. May the Lord be with you, and may He magnify you exceedingly. May the Lord strengthen you. And whatever you are doing, whether it's a a business, a school, or whatever, that is your kingdom. Hallelujah. Bible says, and the Lord strengthened him. Okay, he strengthened. He was strengthened in his kingdom, and the Lord was with him. May the Lord ever be with you. Amen. Verse number two, Bible says, 
Then Solomon spake unto all Israel and to the captains of thousands and of hundreds and to the judges and to every governor in all Israel, the chief of the fathers. So Solomon and all the congregation with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon. For there was a tabernacle of the congregation of God. A tabernacle, that's a church. Okay, a tent that they, they met in. There was a tabernacle of the congregation of God, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. Hallelujah. But the ark of God had David brought up from Kejaram to the place which David had prepared for it. For he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Are you there? Moreover, the brazen altar that Bezalel, the son of Uri, and the son of Her, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord, and Solomon and the congregation sought unto it. Verse number 6. And Solomon went up hither to the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation, and offered a thousand offerings upon it. Somebody say, a thousand offerings. I don't know whether all of us can count thousand sheep, but this one was thousand bulls. You count the offering that he was coming to offer to God. Bible says that Thousand of them, not thousand run. <laughs> not thousand chicken, not thousand sheep or goat, but thousand cattle. Are you there? Where are we? Verse number six. So someone went up either to the brazen altar. This is the altar that Moses had made in the wilderness before the Lord, which was which was at the tabernacle of the congregation and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. Verse number seven. In that night, tell somebody in that night. In that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and has made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established. For thou hast made me a king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now wisdom. Are you there? It says, give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before these people. For who can judge this great or this thy people? This that is so great. Are you there? Verse number 11. And God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart and thou hast not Ask riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies. Neither yet 
has asked long life, but has asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee. I did not hear your loudest amen. It said, wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee. Neither shall there be any after thee have the like. Hallelujah. So we see right here, the Bible talks about what Solomon did. David is dead and gone, and his son Solomon took over. And the Bible said that he went into the church that Moses built in the wilderness. Hallelujah. And he offered offerings. And he did not just give just an offering, something, a change. No. He purposed. Bible says it was in his heart. So he gave offering thousand uh, 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 sacrifices of uh, uh, cows. And Bible said that same night, that same night, the Lord God appeared unto Solomon in his dream. And he said, ask me what you want. May God ask you what you want. Amen. I said, may God ask you what you want. Amen. You know, when you give, that is what we have seen in the Bible from Genesis. Genesis chapter 8, when you read the verse number 21 and 22. Can we read it quickly? The, yeah. And the Lord smelled the sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground. When Noah also offered, okay, sacrifice. When Noah also paid his tithe and gave offering, God also appeared unto Noah. And this is what God said. He said, I will not curse the ground again. You know, anytime you give, anytime you do what God wants, you provoke him. It's like you cannot outgive God. Tell somebody you cannot outgive God. You cannot give more than God will give you. Hallelujah. So we see it. Last week, I was reading with, uh, with you what David also did. As for David, even David, he did not give the offering. He just thought of building God a house. And God was provoked. He said, will you surely build me a house from the days that I brought your forefathers from Egypt through the Red Sea? Nobody has thought about me. Even to make a tent for me. And you, you want to build me a house. Then God himself came and said, you know what? I will build you houses. And I will make you great. And your kingdom will be established. And I will let your children be the ones who will take over after you. And he said, and if even your children make mistakes, I will still keep them as kings. Hey! He said, I will not, I will not. I mean, take them away or my presence away from your children the way I took it from Saul. You remember when the presence of God went away from Saul? Saul became mad. He said, I will not do that. And David had not given the offering. He's not built, but the idea, the thought of doing something for God 
provoke God and God said, you know what? I'm going to ensure that you will have a son to sit on this throne when your days are finished and gone. And I'm going to be with your son. And I'm promising you that my mercies shall forever be with your children. And because of you, there will always be a male child in your lineage who will become a king. That is why Jesus came from the lineage of David. That's why Jesus is called son of David. Yeah. Jesus became the latest king in the New Testament. You remember when the blind people were shouting? They couldn't see. They were shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David. That was the promise that God gave unto David. That because of the thoughts to pay your tithe, to give an offering, support the work of God. This is what I'm going to do for you. And we see it in Genesis. How God did the same for Noah. He said, I will bless you. I will not curse the ground for you. And I'm giving you secrets. See time and harvest shall never cease. And you are going to have seasons. Then we come over here and we see Solomon. Small boy. Small boy, he had become a manager. He's taking over a company. He's become a director. He started a business. Small girl, he just got married. Small boy, he just got married. He doesn't know how to go in and out, how to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to be a director, how to be an employee. You just got a job. You don't know what to do. That was that the case of Solomon. So he gave offering. And God said, ask me. Ask me. Tell me what I should do for you. May God descend to you and ask you what you want. In the name of Jesus. Often we are the one telling God a lot of things. But may God come into you and ask you, what do you want me to do for you? And someone said that, you know, you have shown great mercies unto my father. That you have made me a small boy, a director, a king, a manager, a wife, a husband. An employee or an employer, a small boy like me. And I don't know how to go out and how to come in. So if you give me wisdom to be a good employee, if you give me wisdom to be a good wife or a wisdom to be a good husband, if you give me what it takes to go out and to come in, it will be enough. And God said, because you did not ask, you did not ask, the life of your enemies. And he did not ask for riches and honor and different things. He said, look, I have, I have granted you the wisdom and the knowledge that you want is granted. But in addition to this, tell somebody in addition to this. Tell another person in addition to this. Hallelujah. In addition to wisdom and the knowledge that you have asked for. I'm also giving you riches. I'm giving you long life. I'm giving you blessings. I'm giving you honor. Then God said that I'm going to do it such that it will be the talk of town. And there is no one before you who was as blessed as what I'm going to do. And even after you, when you go, nobody will be as rich as you. Wow. Can you see what an offering can provoke? 
May your offering this morning provoke God to ask you, do you need wisdom? Do you, what do you want? Somebody, you know, you need to know. You need to know. Many, many people cannot receive from God because offering, they don't know what they want. You have a lot of requests. Your request is a lot. You want shoe, you want wig, you want this, you want, you want a lot. all the things. Rank it. Rank it and let know the most important thing that you need. See, when God asks Solomon, he was not scratching his head. He said, hey, what crowd do I need? No. He knew what he needed. What do you need? This morning, that's what I'm asking. What do, as you are about to give an offering, God is about to give you. God is about to appear unto you and ask you, what can I do for you? What can I do for you, my sister? What can I do for you, brother? What can I do for you? Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody, you need to finish your school. Three years course. You are doing this six years. Please, you need to finish now. Amen. Amen. Somebody, what you need is employment. Amen. Yeah. Somebody, you need to be chosen. Hey. You've worked alone as a single brother, as a single lady for a long time. You have been using AD, AD, AD11. That's your car number, AD11, because you move one, 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 one. But God is going to change it. I said, God is going to change it. Hallelujah. I don't know what you need from God. You know, most often, people don't know what they need. Or they pray. They, even when they are praying, Lord, oh, please help me. Oh, I need your help. Hey, God, if you help me, I will be okay. If God asks you, how should I help? You see that they are confused. Hey, how should God help me? Uh, hey, I'm coming. Let me think about it. Think about what you need from God before you start a prayer. Because sometimes you are crying. I need your help. When God asks you, what help? You see, they say, hey, what help? Please, I'm coming. Let me find out what help I Many people pray useless and confused prayers. Because some people pray. They, even their prayer is the crying. <laughs> God, I am struggling. Is that the prayer? You are telling God, you are, so what should God do? You are struggling so hot. Tell God what he should do. I said, tell God what you don't just cry. God does not answer uh, crying. He answers prayers. Mm? Don't just go and cry before God. When Hannah was crying and Eli asked her, why are you drunk and all that? They said, I'm not drunk. I am looking for a child. She knew what she was looking for. Hello? Are you here? Yeah. When David went to sit before God, he was not confused. He said, I want you to do what you have. You need to be specific. Tell somebody from today you'll be specific. Because some of us, if God should appear now and ask you, just even say two things, you say that no, I, you'll be confused. Are there two things on your list? That you want this. You know, Jesus told 
matter that one thing is needful. In every aspect of your life, whoever you are at any point in time, you need to know that one thing that is important. Hello? Hi. Yeah. Some people have thousand things that they want to do, but they have not ranked them. There is no order. There is no priority. You need to, yes, I know you want hundred things, but prioritize it. Know that, yes, this hundred things, this is the first. Hello? Hi. Yeah. That is how you do well. Even as you go home, you have 10 things you need to do. Tomorrow you have 20 things you need to do. Rank them. Which is the most important? That is how you do well. If you don't rank it, if God will come and ask you, what can I do for you? You see that you will say the, the, the thing that is not necessary. Then after God is going to say, oh, I should have said this one. Oh, how did I forget? How did I forget? How did he forget? Because you have not ranked them. As for Solomon, when God asks him, when if God tell somebody if God makes a mistake and asks me, <laughs> or oh, tell the person sitting by you, if God makes a mistake and asks me, I am ready with my requests. Hallelujah. Do you know what you want God to do for you? I say, are you sure that it is that thing? Have you thought about it? Is this the most important thing? Are you sure? Don't come and ask something that's, oh, God, can I change it? <laughs> some of you, you go to beggar, can you make the order? When the order is coming, say, can I change something? Then there's confusion over there. Sometimes even food to eat, you don't know what you want to eat. You know, when you are hungry for a long time, you want to eat KFC, you want to eat McDonald's, you want to eat Burger King, you want to eat Hungry Lion. It's, every, it's like everything you see. So then, I, hey, this one, this one, this one, this one. You don't, you don't even want, don't know what to eat. You want to eat Chinese, you want to eat Indian cuisine, you don't eat everything. Just decide. Yeah. Most men are like that. They can't even decide what they want to eat. And they confuse the wife. Say, the wife asks them, what will you eat? He say, anything. And when they cook anything, they say, ah, what have you cooked? They will say anything. But when they cook anything, they say, ah, why did you do this? You see, this is the same thing we are doing to God. You pray anything. When God also gives you nothing, he says, ah, but God, all this while I have been with you. Any job will do. Any job. Anything. No. This morning, I want you to pray. Hallelujah. With your offering, with your seed, you are going to pray, you are going to say, the Lord, according to your word. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the prayer I'm praying. So take your, take your offering. Take your tithe. Take that seed. Take that seed and let us pray unto God. We are invoking this scripture. Oh, that the Lord will appear unto us this morning and who will take your request in the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. Yeah. In that night, God did appear unto someone and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. Tell somebody, God, give me this. This is my request. I don't know what you are making the request for, but take your tithe, take your offering, take your seed, those on Facebook, wherever you are. I need you to do this. Very important. And lift it and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the reason of your word, we come, O oh God, in the volume of the book, as it was in the days of Solomon. Lord, we pray that our petition, our heart cry, our request will be granted by your mercies. Show us great mercies as you showed on David the king. We pray, O oh God, that Lord, you forgive our ways, you forgive our thoughts, our sins. Oh, yes. And Lord, answer our request. We hold in our hands. We hold on our phone, in our wallet, in our purse. Whatever we are giving is a token of appreciation. Our ties, our honor. Oh, yes. Towards you. Thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you for being our God. And thank you for being our Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you love Sunday morning? I was blessed by the two songs already. The first song was a question, what shall I say, oh Lord? I don't know what to say. What should I pray for? I don't know, oh Lord. But the second song was like, oh Lord, may I stand? I want to stand before you. May give me another chance, oh Lord, that I may save you. Hallelujah. I mean, when our pastor was teaching us during the offering, he was asking you that, what can you say to God if he appears to you? And this is one of the answers. Lord, give me another chance. May I save you, oh Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, I want us to welcome one of the finest teachers that God has blessed us with in Cape Town. He is not just a pastor, but he is one of the prophetic Timely prophet of our times, amen. You know, some few weeks our pastor wasn't around. You know, he's fulfilling the scriptures, going into the world and preach the gospel, amen. You know, before he left, he was teaching us, make yourself a savior of men. When he came back, I said, when he came back, he said, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? My brother and sister, today I don't know what is coming on, but what can, I can tell you is that your life is not going to be the same. Put your hands together. Let's welcome Bishop Napoleon Essen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory all the praise for who you are in our lives and what you have done. Father, this morning we say have your way and let your will be done. Holy Spirit of God, do what you have purposed to do. May we not be the same because we came. Spirit of the living God, grant us understanding hearts. Grant us, oh God, wisdom, understanding, knowledge in the fear of you. And Lord, I pray let your healing power, oh yes, manifest in the bodies of your people. Let confusion be dissolved. Let sickness depart. Let illness, attacks, pain, headaches, migraine, by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
Lord, I declare your healing touch and I bind the spirit of confusion and sickness and pain and tragedy. I declare that by your spirit, let everyone here under the sound of my voice be free from the attacks of the enemy. And above all, let your will be done in Jesus' mighty name. And all the saints shall shout and say, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody put your hands together and please be seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Well, I think we started a journey into make yourselves saviors of men. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell somebody I want to be a savior of men. Tell another person, I want you to join me to become saviors of men. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you here? So let's go to the foundational scripture. Some of you were not here last week. How many almost came last week, but you, you, you couldn't? Almost. Oh, keep waving. Keep waving. Okay. God bless you. You are here today. Keep coming. And when you are coming, don't come alone. Come with somebody. Amen. Amen. All right. So our foundational scripture is seen in Obadiah. It's a good name. You can add it to your names. Hmm? Yeah, it's in the Bible. Pastor, what does it mean? I don't know. I will find out. I, will, I can find out for you, though. Obadiah chapter 1, verse number 21. We are preaching for a short time and we'll be out of here. Amen. Short according to my watch anyway. Obadiah chapter 1, verse number 21. Can we read it together? One, go. And saviors shall come upon Mount Zion. To judge the mount of Esau and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Can we have it on screen? Because some people don't have the Old Testament. Or oh, I should go, go on. Okay. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 21. The Bible says, And saviors shall come upon Mount Zion and to judge the mount of Esau and the kingdom shall be on, unto the Lord. So, Bible is talking about saviors. Hallelujah. Yeah, we have a lot of saviors. When you get born again, you also become a savior. You were saved to save. You are blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Jesus is the savior of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. He came to save the world and he's committed this salvation business into our hands. Amen. Amen. And it's very important. That is the duty and the work and the ministry of the church. There is nothing. You know, that is why we need intelligent people to be pastors. We need people who are doing very well. If you are doing very well in school, don't think that you are not good for the church. If you are very talented, you are skillful, you are intelligent, don't think that you are too sharp 
or smart for God to use you. Our inability to have smart and intelligent people to be used by God has turned the whole church into something else. The purpose and the reason of the church is not known because you need somebody who is intelligent to stay and to tell you what the church is for or why we are saved. Today, it is easy to go to church for so long and you wouldn't even know why you go to church or what is church about. Hello? Because, look, the same way that people read questions, as I'm answer question one, and any other two questions, and the person leave question one and answer three questions, and when the person is filled, they say, why have you filled me? I answered all the questions well. The question is that answer question one and any other two questions. So three questions in all. Is that not it? But the three questions is not any other question. One must be answered. It's compulsory. You cannot, there's no option. So answer question one and any other two. And you have 10 other questions. And you have selected the uh, easiest three and you have answered. <laughs> You've answered, then you don't understand why you are filled. Because the question one may even carry 70 marks. So even when you do all the rest, it's less than 30. How many understand what I'm talking about? So when you don't answer question one, it's automatic fail. And that is what is happening in the church. You need intelligent people who, who will be able to tell us why Jesus came to save us. He came to save us to make us saviors of men. Hallelujah. Look, there, there is something called uh, main products and byproducts. Somebody say byproducts. Tell somebody main product, main product. and byproduct. Do you understand main product? When you set up to do something, what you have set up to do is the main product. The byproduct is something that comes on. It's not the main thing, but you get it as a result of doing the main thing. How many understand what I'm talking about? But in our day and in our time, the main product has been ignored. Question one is not being answered. The byproduct, we are focusing on the byproducts. Like prosperity, marriage in churches, good life, and making money. And these are all byproducts that God gives you when you become a committed Christian who is serving God. Can I hear your loudest Amen. amen. Getting married, having children, having nice cars, prospering, doing well. I mean, all this are byproducts. It's not the main product. Hello? But most of us, the church, we have left the main thing. And we are focusing and concentrating on the byproducts. For instance, when you have crude oil, when you have crude oil. Who, who, you know what crude oil is? Yeah, out of crude oil, they refine 
That's why we have the oil refinery over here by um, Kelani. You see them. Yeah. So what they do is that they refine the crude oil into what we have, uh, petrol. Okay. Yeah. But as they refine to get the petrol, they need the petrol. Some of the byproducts that they get is diesel. Oh, wow. Okay. Paraffin. Hey, hey. Kerosene. Okay. Do you understand? Yes. Petroleum jelly. Mm-hmm. Vaseline. Or Vaseline that you use, they are all coming from there. They are byproducts. It's not the main, the main thing. So in order to get, let's say, fuel, only the 93 or 92 or whatever, as they are trying to, then the process, by it, you get this. By it, you different thing. How can you leave the main reason why you've got a crude oil to get a fuel then? Do, do you understand? It's now that, even before, cars did not, there were not many cars that were using diesel. It's today. That's why even diesel is more expensive, because it pollutes the environment. So we have the main product. Are you, are you here? And out of the main product, there are byproducts. And the same applies to the church. Are you here? Yeah, Jesus came to save us. You know, from day one, he said, uh, he came to seek and to save the lost. Hallelujah. When they were looking for him in the uh, synagogue, he said, must I not be about my father's business? Must I not be about my father's business? Hallelujah. He lived just to die so that he will be able to save the world. Amen. And he has saved the world and he's committed the care of bringing the lost into the kingdom, into our hands. And somehow, it looks as though we are not interested or we've forgotten why God saved us. Tell somebody, I am getting to know why I am saved. Hallelujah. Amen. So, when you read the Bible, there is something called the Great Commission. Okay. Okay. That is, commission is like, when there's a commission, uh, 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 Zondo Commission, what, what were they supposed to do? Commission is set up to do specific things. Yeah. Do, do you understand? To investigate. So, the Great Commission is given by Jesus Christ. He, com- he commissioned us to go into the world. And the great commission, according to Matthew, you know, when Jesus was speaking, he had the apostles around him. So whatever he was talking, they were all uh, intensively and intently listening. And they recorded it. So we want to see the commission, the great commission, according to Matthew, how Matthew wrote it. So turn your Bibles with me. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28. The final words of Jesus before he left. Matthew chapter 28. I'm reading from, can we start from verse number 16 to 20? Matthew chapter 28 verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, and Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power in heaven, sorry, all power is given unto me 
in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you, or I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. So Jesus' last words that Matthew Matthew captured, he said, before he ascended, he said, go ye into all the world. That's the commission. That is the assignment. Hallelujah. Yeah, that is the assignment. What Jesus said, Matthew wrote it. And this is his captain. He remember that Jesus saying, Jesus saying that go ye into all the world. Go ye and preach the gospel, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Hallelujah. So we want to look at the commission that Jesus gave according to uh, uh, Matthew's records. How Matthew wrote it. Amen. Amen. How many remember uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17? How many remember 2 Corinthians? Can we quote it together? One, go. Hey. I heard somebody saying if and another person therefore. Uh, which, which one? <laughs> Somebody was saying if. Okay, it's on the screen. Let's read it together. One, go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. And before this, before this is the verse number 16. That people knew Christ according to the flesh. So if you want to be born again, you need to know Christ properly according to the spirit. Are you here? Sometimes you will have a younger brother or a younger sister, but your younger brother is a pastor. Or your younger sister is a prophetess. But if you know him only as your younger sister, you are going to treat the person some way. But if you recognize that she is a woman of God and you treat her nicely, you'll be surprised what you can receive from your own younger sister. So when you are not able to see who you are dealing with, you will not be able to receive what a person can uh, do for you. How many understand what I'm talking about? So the verse number 16, it says, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, don't know people just after the flesh. You are a Zulu, you are a vendor, you are Sutu, you are Tosa, you are... Don't know people after the flesh. You cut yourself out. Don't know people. What is your qualification? What school have you been to? You are a doctor, you are a lawyer, you are a manager, you are an accountant, you are a cleaner, you are a painter, you are a bricklayer. Don't know people like that. You miss out. Say, don't know people. Don't say she's a lady and she's a man. Look, if you don't want to receive from lady, you can die. (laughs) God may use a lady to save your life. If you are drowning, 
and a lady throws a rope to you, will you say it's a lady so you will not take it? Please take it if you don't want to die. Some people don't receive preaching from ladies. But Bible says in Christ there's no male or female. Are you there? So Bible says, wherefore hence for know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. They knew Christ that he was a carpenter, Mary's son. They said, it's his brothers and sisters not here with us. He said, when you do that, you will never be saved. You have only kitchen stool. You have wardrobe, wooden wardrobe, and maybe coffin. When you know Jesus as a carpenter. Are you here? Yeah. Though we have known Christ after the fire, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Hallelujah. Don't know Christ anymore after the flesh. It is only then that we go to the verse number 17. If you are able to see Christ beyond a carpenter, beyond Mary's son, if you are able to see your own sister beyond your little sister and you see that she is a servant of the Most High God, if you can see your own son, my dear mother, if you can see your own daughter, your daughter may be a prophetess. See who God has made your daughter and the blessings will come unto you. Can I hear your loudest amen? amen? And Bible says, when you are able to see Christ in the right way, then, therefore, if any man be in Christ, Christ not as the carpenter, not as Mary's son, Christ as the son of the living God. The savior of the world. Hallelujah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he will be a new creature. All the old things will pass away. Behold, all things will become hot. New. Verse number 18. Let's continue. Quickly, quickly. Okay. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Tell somebody I have the ministry of reconciliation. So the Bible is saying that when you are now in Christ, you are a new creature. And what has happened is that God has reconciled you unto himself through Christ Jesus. He is the mediator. He is the one who came to cause your sins to be forgiven. That's why he is the savior. Hello? He came to do that work. He said, he has reconciled us to God. Are you there? And Bible says, and has given us, those of us who are born again, and he has given, he did not just save you and me, but after he saved you, he has also given us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. So every Christian, your ministry, you are reconciliator. That's why the Bible said that blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be the children of God. Wherever you go, when there's trouble, peace must reign. Because you are not just a, a born again believer. You are a reconciliator. You have the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation to which that God was in Christ. Reconciled the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Are you there? 
and has committed unto us the word of what? Reconciliation. So we, God committed unto us, every one of us, whether you know it or not, it's not a point. You have a ministry of reconciliation. Do you know that you have a kidney? Whether you know it or not, you have it. (laughs) Do you know that you have a liver? Whether you you know it, you you have it. There are things that you have that you don't know. Yeah, when we went to secondary school, high school, form one, the seniors told us that when you come to school, first year, your blood becomes green. Oh, yeah. Seniors told us that, so all of your blood is green. And they wanted to prove it, and they... Some people had to be cut. It was Friday. So, oh, okay, yours has not changed yet. Wicked people. Wicked people. Wicked people. So they said, okay, when you come to Form 1, what happens? Everybody, your blood becomes green. Do you want to see it? You need to say that. No, if you want to see it, they will cut you. They were wicked seniors. Are you here? So whether you know it or not, you have a ministry. Once you are born again, God has given us the ministry of reconciliation and the word to do it. Can you continue verse number 20? Now, then we are what? Ambassadors. When you got born again, you become an ambassador. We are ambassadors of Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Amen. This Bible is difficult to understand. Verse number 21. <laughs> for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Can I have an English Bible so that we we'll understand what we are? Okay. So we have stopped evaluating ourselves from human point of view. Do you understand? We have stopped evaluating ourselves from human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. Are you, are you reading from the English Bible? From one point, we thought that Christ was a carpenter, was Mary's son, was brother, and but hey, from, and, uh, we how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. If you stop the human evaluation and you begin to have the proper spiritual evaluation of Christ, if you are in Christ, you become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Hallelujah. Can we read verse number 19 together? And all, and sorry, 18, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this tax of reconciling people to him. Is it easy? (laughs) Hallelujah. That's what I'm saying, that if you don't understand that God, when you got born again, so many people are in church and they don't know that 
they have a task that you need to reconcile people to God. Reconcile your mother. Reconcile your friends. We have been given and God has given us this task. So if you think that I'm the one giving you a task, you are joking. I'm just reminding you of the task that God has given you. So those of us who came today to church, you came alone. You are doing something very wrong. You are doing something. You need to help other people to be reconciled to God. Are you here? That is the work of the church. That is the work of a believer. We are saviors of men. Can we continue? Maybe we will get something. Verse number 90. Can we read it together? One go. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sin against them. And he has given this wonderful message of reconciliation. He has given us. He has given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So that just as God was in Christ and did not account people's sin against them, we also... When we see the thieves and the robbers and the prostitutes and the drunkards and all, we don't need to accuse them of their sin. We should also let them benefit from what you have benefited. That Christ loves you. To reconcile, we need to reconcile. We need to bring them back to God. We need to bring them to love God again. Hallelujah. Verse number 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his what? Appeal through us. God is making his appeal through who? God is making his appeal through who? And when was the last time you appealed to people to come to God? That's what I'm talking about. Answering the first question one. The main question is that you are an ambassador. You are a reconciliator. You have a ministry to reconcile. And here you are. You are even the one not talking to a lot of people. You are the one who is fighting every sinner. You are the one who is rather telling people that there's a bad woman. There's a... No, their sins will not be imputed to them. Just as our sins have been forgiven. Anyone who is doing something wrong, don't accuse the person. Bring the person, reconcile the person to the love of God. I said, reconcile the person to the love of God. Stop pointing up the finger. Stop saying that he's a scully. Stop saying that he's a fornicator. Stop saying that he's a, a, a smoker, a drug addict. Stop saying that he's a thief. Because you have not done your work. Every thief you see is because you have not done your work. Every prostitute you know is because you have not done your work. If you did your work, the, re- the prostitute will be reconciled to God. If you did your work, the thief will be our treasure. If you did your work, the scully will be a pastor. That is the reconciliation. Is it bad? How many people have come to know that we did not just get born again to have all the good things and be happy and go to heaven. But God is depending on us. Bible says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. You are an ambassador, my sister. 
You are an ambassador, my brother. You are Christ's ambassador. Hallelujah. You are the representative of Christ on this earth. That is why heaven is far better than earth. But God has not taken you. Because there are people that God is counting on us to reconcile them. To bring them back. Hallelujah. It's not me saying it. I cannot give you that work. But we say God has committed unto us. God is appealing. God is appealing to us. That do my work. Reconcile people. Reconcile. You need to have names of people you are reconciling to God. The names of people you are praying for that they should come to God. The name of people that every Sunday you are passing to God. That is the work we've been given. You are not a Christian just to have money, just to get uh, married, just to buy a house, just to have cars, just to prosper. And what else? What else? What else? There's somebody right by your face who is not born again. There's a student that you sit by who is not born again. Your employer, through him you eat, he is not born again. Your mother who has spent all his money for you to be who you are, she is not born again. Your auntie who took you in, she is not born again. Meanwhile, you are the reconciliator. Meanwhile, you have a ministry. That's what I'm talking about. Make yourself saviors of men. You are the savior of men. You are supposed to go around begging, appealing, reconciling people, not pointing figures and seeing people sin. Don't see anybody sin. Were we all not sinners before God saved us? I said, were you better? Were you clean? Were you better before we came to Christ? So why are we telling people? You see, many people don't come to church because this holier-than-thou attitude. When you see a new person come to church and is wearing in the same dress, the breast is showing. Don't look at her funny. That is all she has. Give her time. If it worries you, buy a new thing for her. I said, if it worries you, buy a new thing for her. She doesn't have anyone. So, so some of the people who need to be born again, they don't even come to church. Because of this attitude of holier than thou. Holier than, I'm holier than you. I'm not like you. You know? I don't sleep around. I don't drink. I, I don't go to tavern. I wasn't in a, a club. I don't drink, I don't smoke. Give me that break. We are not going to, do you know that you are not going to heaven because you don't drink or you don't smoke? You are going to heaven because you believe in Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus taking to us. Some of us, even after we got born again, have you stopped? Maybe I should come to town. Even after you got born again, have you stopped? You are not married, but you have had more than three miscarriages. Even after we have been reconciled to Christ, even we are, you, you are not at your best. So the person who has not yet come to Christ, please don't crucify the person. Don't destroy the life of the person. Give the person opportunity also to be loved. Give the person opportunity to come to Christ. That is our work. 
And sometimes, even when you come to church and you sit by somebody, the way you make yourself, it's like the person is smelly, it's not like you. Please! 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 Look, the church is like an hospital. If you are perfect, go to heaven. The church is made up of people who are not correct, that we won't go to help us. We are all sick in different parts. We are not, we are all not well. Some of us, our sickness is is anger, telling lies. Yeah. Some people have checked themselves into the church because they are maniacs. They cannot stop sleeping around. They need God. You see, they don't need you to tell them their sin. They know it themselves. I said, don't remind anybody of their sin. They know it. That's why they've come to church. How do you go to hospital and see people in there and then you tell them you are very sick? Ah. You go to hospital and you see other people. You are also not well. You are also in the hospital. You tell them, hey, you look very sick. That is why he or she is in the hospital. That is why he knows or she knows she's, that's why he's in the hospital. She knows she's not good. She's not better. She wants to be better. That's why she has checked herself into the church. So stop this, your thing, calling names and defining people by their sins and by their past stories. Many people, they are like people who are looking at still pictures. Your life is not a still picture. Life is a video. So sometimes the picture you are looking, the person has moved on. He has moved on. I say he has moved on. I used to be a drunkard. I used to have friends that we drank. Even I have changed my walking. I used to have a walking that when I'm walking. So if somebody in my past is saying that that guy is a bad guy, the way he rose, she proved. Manro, Shipro, Manro, Shipro, Manro, Shipro, Manro. Even the walking has a name. As I have changed, I'm born again, talk, talking, Holy Ghost baptized, meals jerking, and preaching in continents. You are still holding my past, still picture. You are funny. I say you are funny. You are having my old picture. Take the video. Look a little closer. I am not the guy I used to be. I have pulled the glass down. I no longer drink alcohol. I am a savior of man. Are you here? Am I talking to anybody? I remember how I got saved. I remember how life used to be. You know, one day my my father was so angry. I got drunk and I came and vomited in in his hall on his carpet. He called my mother. I said, come and take this, your drunkard son. I had just finished high school. And the drinking that we started in high school was getting worse. The names of my friends were countries. This one is called Yankee. This one is called Babylon. This one is called Panya. You know, when you see them, you notice that these are countries. 
one is called Italy. So I'm saying, sit down, sit down, it's a church. It's a church, it's a church, sit down. So if somebody is holding your cell picture, you've got a work to do. The thing is a video. The video has rolled. He's, he, the person is preaching. As you are looking at it, sometimes the devil even does it. When you come to church, he brings old pictures. As you are worshiping, then he brings you a picture of you with some bad boy. Then you see, you see, look, throw the soul pictures away. Are you here? That is why he said he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You are a reconciliator. Hallelujah. Can you believe that in reconciliation, all the things that went on in apartheid, apartheid that happened, people were killed. There was one doctor called Dr. Deck. Some of them were forgiven. Most of them, if you came up clean and you said it, most of them, all the wrong things, even human beings were able to forgive. And that's because there was a, a commission, reconciliation. Truth and reconciliation. Say the truth and we will forgive you. Even human beings can forgive. What? And how much more God? How much more God? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I've passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Can I summarize the, 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 the commission, the great commission according to Matthew? Then we'll be out of here. So Matthew's great commission, number one, the great commission is a commission of power. Did you see Jesus saying, go ye? Hmm? He said, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. So the great commission is the commission of power. I just want to demonstrate it. Is there anybody here who is sick? You, you, came, you came to church sick. You are not well. I need three people. You have a migraine. You have a lamb or something. I want to pray for you to see that the great commission is the commission of power. Are you here? If you don't go to win, you wouldn't see the power of Christ. I need people, three people that you know that you are not well. I want to pray for you right now. Three people you are not well. Quickly, come. The great commission is a commission of power. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Father, thank you for the power. All power is given unto thee. Be healed. In the name of Jesus, the Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Savior of the world, the one who all power belongs, in his name, I command your healing, your deliverance, and your safety. Now, be healed now. Be healed now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Check. 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 Right now. What was it? Starting from here. What was it? I had a pain. You had a pain where? You couldn't do it. Is it gone? I'm talking about the great commission being the commission of power. Uh, you see, um, I need you to see when you go out to preach salvation and to talk about this power, is, it's a commission of power. 
The blind will see. The deaf will hear. Do what you couldn't do. Check, check, check. I'm not, not next week. What, 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 what is You had a sore throat. Who knows about it? Um, I'm not sure. You are not sure, but how, how, what are you feeling now? Now it's better, it's gone. Now it's gone. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm saying that the great commission is a commission of power. I want to demonstrate. You know, God told me, don't just preach. He said, whatever you speak, I will do it. He said, you will manifest my word. So when I'm telling you that the Great Commission is the commission of power, I don't need you to think that in, in the future. It is here. My, my sister. Yes, Pastor. What's your name? How are you guys? Is today your first time? No. You've been coming? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, what, what? Chest pains. Chest pain? Yes, sir. You had a pain before you came? Yes. But now, how do you feel? I feel okay enough now. Are you sure? Yes. Put your hands together for Jesus. The Great Commission is a commission of power. My brother, what is your condition? I had like a, a crazy headache. You had crazy headache? Yeah. Crazy, migraine? Yeah. And how do you feel now? Now I feel better. You now feel better? Yes. You don't need to, it must totally vanish and never come again. Amen. Check, check, what could you not do? What could you not, check now. Uh, now I feel better. Wow. Put your hands together for Jesus. What is happening here? Start from Monday, my leg was painful. Come again? Start from Monday. From Monday? Uh, my leg was painful. So now I'm, I'm shocked how my leg is. Where, where, where? What could you not do? Because, yeah, like when I want to, like when I want to walk, I feel like someone is walking. Walk, walking, let's see. Uh, can you walk? Is the pain gone? Are you sure? What's your name? My name is Bridget. Bridget. Purity. Ah, purity. Wow, purity. God bless you. So God has healed you. Put your hands together. The Great Commission is a commission of power. Yes. My name is Chelsea. My name is Chelsea. Chelsea, yes. I had a headache. You had a headache? Is the headache gone? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Was it there before you came to the front? Yes. And now? It's okay. It's gone. Are you sure? Yes. Shake your head and let me see. Do you feel any pain? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. What is happening here? Uh, you didn't pray for me. Please. I have not prayed for you. What is your problem? I have cramps. You have cramps. Be healed now in the name of Jesus. Check, check, check. I'm not the healer. The Holy Spirit is the one. So I don't even need to touch you. His power is real. It's not something that is imaginary. Hallelujah. Check. How do you feel? What could you not do? Stretch up. What could you not do? I, I, I could not like move. You couldn't, but can you do it now? Yes. Do it. Do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is it gone? I you. Father, thank you for the demonstration of your power. Let this son and daughters have permanent healing. Make them whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please put your hands together for them. You can take your seat. So when we say that it said all power is given to me, the reason why there is no power in our churches, we don't win souls. 
the reason why there are people sick, bedridden in our churches is that we've forgotten about the Great Commission. It's the Great Commission that provoke that that provokes the power of God to be at work. Are you here? Amen. Yeah. If you are a soul winner, if you go for visitation, you talk to people, the power of God will be released to back you. You confirm His way with signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number two. The Great Commission is a, a commission to go. Many churches don't want to go. But he said, go ye. Therefore, go. We need to go to places. We meet the same kind of church in, in Mowbray, in, in Bevel, in Powell, in where? Mambersbury. In Cryfontaine, Devon, we need to go everywhere. But sometimes people, even going outside their door, just 30 meters to help do the work of God, is a struggle. Tell somebody, I want to go. I want to go to where God wants me to be. Hallelujah. Yeah, Christians have stayed. We only come for. We only come for, uh, what do you call, nine services, nine songs. But when you go, you notice that when we start things, there's no tiles. It, it, it takes time for us to have what you're having. We need to go to places. Hallelujah. Amen. And when we start a branch by you, you don't need to say, oh, me, I, I like the this. So, no, be there. The branch will become like this. Hallelujah. Because the church has forgotten the Great Commission. There is no going. That's why churches break. That's why churches break. Uh, you, you cannot be in church in one place for 40 years. You should be doing something. After 40, you've been free to, you know all the pastor's message. You know all the pastor's jokes. You know the story about Abraham. Or, see, so when the pastor begins to preach, he says, oh, I know what he's going to say. I know the scriptures. They're always he says this. Last year he said it. But when you go, you notice that now you need your pastor's example also for you to use. When you go, when you start, somebody sent me a message. said, Pastor, I started teaching the new believers. Hey, it is not simple. I noticed, he said, I need to do a Holy Ghost baptism. I pray through the night. And when I came, I don't know whether anybody got baptized. Hey, I need to start again. That is when you begin to find out. Pastor, how did you start? Amen. The stories that you will frown at, it will be nice to you. You see, yeah, obesity is eating a lot, having nutrients and no activity. Do you understand? Some of you have had thousand nice messages, but you've not preached one, no activity, no spiritual activity. You are spiritually obese. You are in danger. Yeah. People who have been around for a long time, four years, five years, six years, you come to church and nobody depends on you. You don't even have 10 people preaching to. You are in danger. So I'm commissioning everyone over here. Any complex that you are in, you are the commissioner to bring all the complex. Let us know. Please come to me. I need to know the name of your complex. I'm coming if I need to come there and be with you for two or three times so that you can continue. We'll teach you what to do. Amen. Amen. If you need to show video, we'll give you videos that you can show. Just 20 to 30 minute video. 
every week to encourage people. You will be the one. Go somewhere. Go to door to door. Move. Do something. Jesus said to the people, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and onto the outer most part of the world. But we have no, even your, your own residence, you have no moved out of your room into the next room. Your neighbor is not born again. Meanwhile, you are going to heaven. Number three, the Great Commission is the commission to teach. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 4, when you read the verse number 12, Bible says he gave some, the 11, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. You see, the teachers, he did not give some. So everybody is a teacher. The teacher, he did not give some. So every Christian is giving the grace to teach. You can teach somebody to go to heaven. That is the work of every Christian. Can I have your loudest amen? Amen. Are you going to teach? In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, Bible says, When the time you ought to be teachers, you have neither one teach you again, which is the first oracles of the principles of God, and you have become such as have need of milk. Amen. A time come that you need to teach. And this person sitting by you, as your teaching time come, as when, when will it come? Hmm? When will it come? Lauren, when will your teaching appointment come? Fikiswa, when will you teach? But see, when are you going to teach? I need, if, you, if I know your name, you need to be a teacher, I tell you. Yeah, if I knew your name. Lord Yusuf, when are you going to teach? Hmm? You cannot just be teaching songs. Cheho, you need to be teaching. I need to see. But see, unless you have eight people, 10, 15 people that you are teaching, you wouldn't even understand the Bible. See, when you start teaching, you even understand the Bible more. You need to read, understand then you can, it makes you even better. Oh yes, it makes you better. So I'm, I'm look, I'm commissioning everyone. Hmm? Simba, can you, can, can you wave? Start the teaching. Start the teaching. Gather people. Gather people. Start teaching people. People must know about Christ. People must go to heaven because of you. And teaching. You know, you cannot teach in one day. You cannot teach even in three days. So the teaching commission, so the Great Commission is actually a commission to start a church and a branch. You cannot have a crusade and teach all that. Look look at this. It said, go into the world, okay, and teach them all the things, all the things that Jesus has said to us. Can you teach them at crusade? So you can see that the teaching that is talking about is not the one at the crusade. Means you should teach them consistently. So it is actually building church, planting a church, having a fellowship, having a basenta. Amen. Amen. That is where you can teach people week after week, week after week, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, week after. That is. So if you are not doing that, uh, you've not started. You are not part of the commission. Number four, the Great Commission is a commission to baptize. Hallelujah. 
are there people here who are born again, but you are not water baptized? And you also don't speak in tongues. Can you just wave? That is why in our church, okay, God bless you. We are going to do it right after here. Those who get born again and those who are already born again, but you are not water baptized and you don't also speak in tongues, Holy Ghost baptism. We are doing it. Under, where are you? We are doing Holy Ghost baptism. And write your name within, when can we have water baptism? We need to have water baptism. Amen. Yeah. Every, you, you see our pictures, every year we go to Hart Bay to do water baptism. It is time. We need to do one before the winter begins. Everything we do in the church is in the Bible. Hallelujah. That's when people get born again. They go to be Holy Ghost baptized. You cannot be here and you are not baptized. Or you cannot go. Somebody gets born again. Goes for a, a strong Christian academy. And the person doesn't get Holy Ghost baptism. We need to question the, uh, the, the teacher there. Yeah, it's not possible. It, everyone, week one, you need to. You are about to finish the school and you are still not speaking in tongues. You have an appointment with me. This afternoon, you need to speak in tongues. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Number five. The Great Commission is a commission to all nations. Tell somebody, all nations. All nations. Yeah? Yeah. That is why I love the... You. Uh, United Organization 190. The first love. Their denomination is called UO. They are going into 190 nations. Not the UD. UD has been to some places. We are about in 93 countries, I think. But the UO has started fresh and they are going to go into 190 nations. That is the Great Commission. That is the Great. Jesus did not die for a pastor to pay his children's school fees. Somebody's death is not for you to have money to buy something for your wife and pay your children's school fees there. Is that why Jesus died? That's why many pastors don't even start branches in Kailicha, in Fulani. They are all in Constantia and uh, uh, what do you call it? Century City, where there are managers and, and, and what do you call it? Engineers. Yeah. KFC services who can give offering. Yeah. McDonald's uh, uh, managers. Catching uh, material sellers and uh, cement dealers. These are the people that we want them. We are looking for posh, posh places. But Jesus did not die for you to make money out of him. Somebody's death is for us to go to heaven. Pastors are forgotten. We, not, not even nations. We don't even move to our communities. When we started in Kailicha, the people, a month, the students that I had, all these people, the one who is leading praise and worship, that they are all little students. Where is, uh, uh, where are you? Yeah, how old were you when you were in Kailicha? 11 years old. What grade? Grade 6. Grade 6. Who could not even read English properly or pass? They fall learned English in church. People don't want to. I was spending almost 6,000 in 2009. 6,000 a month to bus people like this. Bring them. Go. I will go in a bus. 
buy my own fuel, go and gather them, bring them, take them. When we finish, I will go and drop them. That is the great commission. I said that is the great commission. He, he was not working. Grade 6. When was he going to get to grade 7? 8. Before he finished matric. Do you think I was looking for money from him? Now the pastors, if the person doesn't have money, it's not a proper soul. I'm talking about the great commission. Even children, the church has become like a shrine. They don't allow children to be in the church. Because you need to be an important person. And they have this a chairs that I don't know what the chairs are doing in a church. A chair, we will see the, the bigness of the church. Say, hey, is it the throne in heaven that has been brought down or what? How does it help us? 11 years. Did I come to your house? Yes, please. Did I pick you in a bus? Yes, please. Did you pay for any bus fare? At all. And on top, I will be giving food, different things, shoes, this. That is the great commission. But today, oh, how many think that as a church, we need to do the great commission? That is my prayer. Please, if you are part of this church, God brought you here because he's called you. There's something. There's somebody who needs to go to heaven because of you. Don't allow anybody to say that, eh, no, you just go to church. No. When all is said and done, you appear before the judgment seat of God. And we shall be judged. Whatever you have done on this earth will not count. What you have done for God is what will count. May people be in heaven because of you. May, may your friends, your loved ones, even people that you think that they are your enemies, change their life. Let them go to heaven. It's the commission to go. All nations. We need to go to communities. We need to go to different places. I want to hear you come to me that, Pastor, there's a place I want to start something that I don't know what to do. Can you help me? I will be there with you. Or oh, I'll get somebody to be there with you. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday we were in Morning Star. I hope you brought the people. Yeah? Who are those from the Morning Star? Can you wave? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. Morning Star for Jesus. They came in the cold. People need Christ in the cold. They came to receive Jesus. Don't let us be too comfortable as though there are no souls to be won. As though Bible says God has committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Are we watching them for them to die? For them to go to hell? Oh no. Please, rise up and become a savior of men. May people go to heaven because of you. That is the duty of the church. There is, no, there is no trick about it. Any pastor who does not make the church about saving souls is lost. No matter the title, no matter the shoe he's wearing, no matter the slang or wherever, even if he's using a plane, I'm telling you the person is lost. The church is for the salvation. Look at them. Look at the government ministers. There's a minister for education of sports. And youth, different. Is there any minister to, for the gospel? Then you, the minister, minister of God, ambassador of God that you need to preach the gospel. You have joined the minister of education and sports, doing things and you have left the gospel. We will all end up in heaven. Then you will see your judgment. Please, 
Even when they say to, to you that ask for this, they like uh, soul winning too much. Say that that is what it's about. We, will, we don't need to change. We are going to every door, every complex, everywhere. Once you are there, just send us a message. Can you put our uh, uh, phone number there, the church phone number? Please send us the name of the uh, uh, complex that you are in. Yeah, that I, that I'm here. I mean, this comp- all the people in the complex must come to church. By, by the grace, because you are there. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you there? Number six, the great commission is the commission of his presence. When you have the presence of somebody, it means the person talks to you. You enjoy whatever the person has. That is the reason why right here you could see the presence of God healing people. There are no presence in places that are not committed to doing the commission. The presence of God. He said, lo, I will be with you. Is that not what Jesus said? He said, lo, I will be with you until the end. So the Great Commission is not for when you are young. As we finish, look at the scripture. He said, lo, I will be with you. What? Until, always, until the end. So the Great Commission is not when you are a student. The Great Commission is not when you are not married. The Great Commission is not when you are unemployed. Until the end, till Jesus comes, the Great Commission must continue. It's not that when you get married, it's like you are now a big woman or you are a big man. When you have children. I want to see some dancing stars. You and your children will be dancing in the dancing stars. You are here and your child is on the left, one is on the right. Then you are doing, say, yeah, the mother and the daughters are dancing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Until the end. Until the end. Jesus said, Lo, I will be with you. Wherever you stand to talk about the gospel, about Jesus, I pray you will never be alone. He will strengthen you. He will encourage you. He will, oh yes, he will heal people. He will not let your word fall to the ground. Go. Go and do his bidding. Go and win the lost. Go and be saviors of men. Go and bring in the lost. That is the purpose. We are saved to save. You can help. You can do it. You can do it. And I see you doing it. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you. We bless you for the opportunity we have to hear your word. Oh, yeah, to be challenged, to live for the main thing. Please close your eyes with me. If you are here, maybe somebody invited you or you came on your own, but you want to say, Pastor, pray with me and pray for me. I want to be born again. I want to be reconciled to God. I don't want to go to hell. I don't even understand what it means to be born again, but I want Jesus to be my Savior. Please close your eyes wherever you are. And if this is what you are saying, lift only your right hand and I'll pray with you. Only your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. God, You don't want to go to hell. Come. Come. With your hands lifted. Please move and come to me. My brother, come. Yes. Come. 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 You lifted your hand. Quickly. From the back. Come. From the front. Come to me, my brother. Come to me. My sister from the back. Quickly. 
to Jesus. This is what it's about. It's about Jesus. Come from the back. Come from everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting. Yes, my brother, come. Come and stand right here. Come from the back. Come from everywhere. God bless you. 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 On this side, let up come. Come, come to Jesus. Oh, yes. You will never be the same. Salvation and healing come from the back, come from everywhere. If you are still coming, quickly, we need to pray. If you are still coming, you are not sure, should I go, should I not go? Come quickly and we'll pray together. As you come to receive salvation, healing will also be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Those in front, please lift your two hands to the Lord. Lift it and say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I come to you just as I am. Please forgive me and wash me with your blood. From today, Jesus, I believe in you. You are the son of God. You died for me and by your blood. I am washed. I am cleansed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus. Please write my name. In your book of life. I am sorry. For all my sins. I am sorry. For all my mistakes. From today. I belong to you. I am yours. I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life. Thank you, Lord, for dying for me. Please write my name. Mention your name. My name is, please write this name in your book of life. And from now, I will save you and I will follow you in Jesus' name. Say, Satan, from now, I don't belong to you. I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. Whatever you have in me, Satan, I reject it. I refuse it. In the name of Jesus, I belong to Jesus. And I will worship Jesus. All the days of my life. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone here under the sound of my voice. Let the grace of God I bring salvation be our portion. May you deliver us from every snare of the fowler, tragedy, attacks of the enemy. Whatever the enemy has used that for today is ended. We turn over and we walk 
into the light that comes through the gospel of Jesus. May we be rooted. May we be grounded and planted in love for you. Father, may they serve you all the days of their life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Look at me for a minute. The decision you've taken is the best decision you've taken all your life. The decision to go to school made us able to write and to read. The decision to work will put food on your table. But this decision will take us one day to heaven. You will never regret it. Amen. Every form of sickness, pain, as I have prayed with you, God has touched you and he has healed you. You will check. You notice that you don't belong to Satan. You belong to God. And when he comes into your life, darkness move out. That's the reason for the healing you have in your body right away. Amen. I want you to go with our brother and sister here. They say, follow me. They are going to share a word of prayer with you and know your name and you will come. They will also serve you with something nice there. Then you come right back. Hallelujah. So I want you to, uh, yes, please go with them. Put your hands together for them. Put your hands together. God bless you. Go with them. Go with them. Go with them. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. My sister, God bless you. You are blessed. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. Please help them. Please help them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now I want to pray for you. If you are here, I mean, for you, you did not even know that to be saved meant you also have to help others to go to heaven. You have none, but today you've gotten to know it. But you need the grace of God. You need the strength of God. You need what something from God to help you to speak about him invite the people and make sure that you bring the people with you to church if you are here like that you have not you've been born again for some time but nobody is in church or going to heaven because of you but as i was preaching you felt that you need to change it it's a a, a burden it came on you i need to do something i need to do the reason for which i am saved i want to pray for you if you are here like that lift your right hand you you want the grace you want the grace to become a reconciliator, to become a savior of men. Lift your hand, lift it high up, high up. I'm praying for a grace to come upon you. Please, if you will not, you will not invite people, you will not bring them, then don't lift your hand because this grace is going to uh, help you. You will receive strength, you receive what it takes to be somebody who will be inviting and talking to people. Shyness, being timid, shame will go away. The boldness and courage of God will come over you. If that is what you need, it's coming over you. Lift your hand and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, some of us, we did not even know that you saved us to save others. That you have committed unto our hands the ministry of reconciliation. That we are ambassadors of Christ. That through us, you are appealing and pleading with men to come back unto the love of God. 
Father, I pray for every hand that is lifted. I pray for the grace of God. I pray for boldness. I pray for courage. I pray for the Holy Spirit to come over us, to strengthen and embolden us, even to live and to do your will. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We hope you've been blessed by the word of God. Please worship with us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at LCI Megachurch, Lewisham Way, 79 Parklands Main Road, Cape Town, South Africa.